0: hello and welcome to the no good poetry podcast each week we talk about the good the bad and the ugly of poetry this is episode 69 with joseph Marcos and joseph Biavenu.
1: this is the good bad and the ugly isn't it some ugly shit out there kids let's make the world safer for poetry
0: So, we're back in the studio again. We have with us guest Todd Cirillo. Todd, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Once again.
1: (laughs) The redux. (laughs)
0: That's fine. Todd is co-founder and editor of Six Foot Swells Press. He's one of the originators (laughs) of the after-hours poetry movement. And some of Todd's books are Sucker's Paradise, Everybody Knows the Dice Are Loaded, Still a Party, The Troubled Heart, Sexy Devils, and a couple books he co-authored, Roxy, and tonight you're coming home with us. And Todd lives here in New Orleans, and he also handles the open mic portion of the Blood Jet Poetry Series.
2: Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to do that. That's always um, a good time. Yeah, with Megan, for sure. sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank that's you for coming. Good. So we're
1: back in the studio again. We've got a little workshop going on over here. We've got recording poetry. We've got a lot of fresh shit happening. We've got buttons being made. It's a regular factory over here today. We've got some special guests in town. Pears being uh, open. Pears being open. Hey, that's fine. We had we had one of those at the beginning of the, uh, the uh, Bizarro episode. Well, that's um, good. It's my birthday, Christmas. so oh, it's you know. your birthday. Oh, that's yeah. right. It, it is. is. Yes. Birthday. Thank wow. you. Well, that's that's a neat little hey, surprise. <laughs> it is.
2: So I like the sound of beers, We you know, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So we're here to talk about a lot of different things, but uh, um, we we, um, kind of, we
0: had a little mishap, so we're kind of re talking uh, about some of them, but that's all right.
1: And uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we want to talk about accessibility and the reading and, and a lot of different a lot of different. Um, uh, how to make poetry more fun and accessible, or 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 inaccessible to the point that it can be it read, redetermined and reinterpreted by countless authors. But uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh this this idea of poetry, uh, about poetry making poetry
2: more fun. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. So with my press, six foot swells press, and and then. Um, also with my publisher from Burning the Evidence, uh, Epic Rights Press out of Canada. This idea of having a good time with poetry, bringing people together by writing writing about common experiences in simple language, and then performing it in a way that you can connect with the audience. Um, sometimes it's by acting the fool, sometimes it's just by... You know, sitting down and having a beer with everyone afterwards or right before, but also as far as accessibility, the idea is, the philosophy is that our poetry is meant for barrooms, bowling alleys, and truck stops. And if the poet has to explain their poem to the audience, then they have failed.
0: I've certainly heard poetry in barrooms and bowling alleys, but never at a truck stop. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 um it
2: it can work magnificently, and and and. and You'd be surprised. You might, you know, you can sell a lot of books sometimes at a truck stop. They got a lot of time on their hands. Eager audience. Going, to, going cross country. You know. Yeah. And again, if you put it simply, then you know they got cash just like anyone else. Why not?
0: <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know.
1: Let's talk about poetry, though, a little bit, because yeah. I think, you know, I think sometimes there there are some things that some little tics that poets have that, uh, that, uh, that might, that might sort of like prevent this, this concept of, uh, you know, like, you know, like when a poet gets up there and just like explains, you know, their poem, right? Uh,
2: before they read the poem, it's like, uh, yeah, it, 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 it can either be come off as insulting to the audience because you're talking down to them, or it can come off as, you're just sitting up there and just talking to hear yourself talk. Like, just give us the goods, you know? Um, we're here to hear what you've got, not what you're necessarily um, presented to us, you know? Um, show us in the actual work. Yeah. As opposed to, like,
1: you know, this idea. I, I think I think there's a number of poets that I know. I, don't, I, I
2: guess they'll remain nameless, but... As most poets do.
1: Anonymous. Just this idea... <laughs> This idea, you know, you get up and it's like, oh, I'm going to tell you the whole backstory of the poem to get you into my moment of you know, my egoic moment of like the inception of the poem, and I have to explain that to you in order for you to get the poem you know, are, they, are do you think that they're the, the poet, that type of poet poet that does that with? because there's there's some poems, po- poets that do
2: that for every single poem yeah. that they read
1: you think they're speaking from a perched
0: perspective or they feel that way or you know
2: yeah i don't think that those would be the easiest people to sit down and 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 have a drink with you know uh because i think that they're always on from a higher place and it's like well why just you know if you've got the stuff give it to us because again now i think you're just sort of talking to to hear yourself talk and the audience's time is just as valuable as that poet sets up on stage, and so Ooh, I, like <laughs> that. I like that idea. No, that's important. That's important. Yeah. yeah, and so if 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 you're up there and you're going to sit and you're going to tell me what I need to get out of this poem, well, then you fail because as a writer, our job is to elicit an emotion, to present the feelings so that the audience gets it, doesn't have to guess. That's just my take on it. Yeah. yeah. And I've been known to be wrong, but I don't know. I just go by, you know, the reaction that I get from audiences sure. after reading someone.
1: I mean, that's not to say that you can't, like, you know, you can't have abstract poetry that's, mm. you know, or Dadaist or Surrealist poetry that's more abstract in its form that doesn't necessarily have a narrative to it. I mean, you can still come across with a series of words that evokes an emotion, mm. you know, that doesn't necessarily have to have fixed meaning, you know. John Cage created this, had this idea of indeterminacy, you know, this idea that a poem could be read by as many, as many viewers as there, as there are in the, of the poem, there are as many interpretations of the poem, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, let me be clear that, that this is only my idea and my philosophy and, and, and a group of poets that I happen to be very, very close with, um, that work off of one another this is just how we've found to sort of make an inroad in the poetry world because it's difficult enough as it is. Um, but we do not wish to be bored and we do not wish to. It, there's, there's nothing wrong with a, with a poetry reading being like a 1982, 1981 Van Halen concert, you know? It, <laughs> it, it, it can be good and it can be fun and everyone can, Get fucked up and get fucked and break up and do whatever that they have to do, as long as the, as they go home and they say, "Holy
0: shit, I didn't expect that. That was better than I thought." Yeah, that that's funny though. Like I think, uh, I guess not, not so much anymore. But I mean, I definitely have known some poets who just read the same greatest hits all the time. But that can be fun sometimes, where the audience is reading, is mouthing it along with them because they've read this, but it's. Fun poem, so
2: yeah, and and you know there also is I I'm also a big believer that that uh, a poet whatever poem they read has to work on the stage but also on the page. Uh, that
1: that's to. something I've thought about a lot actually. That that there's some work that you know on the page it has a certain cut a certain feel to it. Uh, but then like and, and for and for the and for the and for better and for worse, let's say. Sometimes there's a poet who comes up on the stage. You read the work on the page, and they just blow you
0: away with their read. But don't you
2: sometimes think that there's
0: anything like, that works on the page? You could make it work on the yes, stage.
2: I do. I, I, like I agree. If it, if it, but not th- it's not the other not way. Not around. the other way around necessarily. It's <laughs> not the other way around. Yeah, because there is stuff
1: that just works on the stage that is not that is because it's a moment thing. Because it's the, it's the theater. It's the four walls. You know, yeah. it's, it's like you're. A poetry reading is like a mini black box, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that's the, you know... Like in an airline
2: that crashes?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. No, like well, a mini... Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah so, like a mini black box theater, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. you're up there, and you're, you know, like, even like, I would even say, like, slam poetry is even closer to that. It's even Absolutely, closer to yeah. the footbridge to theater, you know? Yeah. So, you've got this, like, you know, you've got this, like, uh, little mini black, black box theater... And I think that people forget that. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of readers that go up on stage, they forget that this is a theater, a theatrical moment that mm-hmm. could be used for one way or the other. That there's fiction that can be involved with your poetry too, yeah. to get the reader entrapped in this idea. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a narrative that you explain in the poem before you read your poem. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But that there's a surprise elements there too, and the more that you can utilize those surprise yeah. elements of the moment, and you can read your piece and make it, you know, like you can really. You, I've seen poets really set the audience up mm-hmm. for the for the delivery yeah you know that do that really well there's some poets who do it really well not I'm not talking even a type of poetry I'm just saying they just know how to set the reader up it's kind of making a sort of comment getting the getting their listeners hooked and then the delivery of the of the end like you were saying before the beginning middle end yeah there that beginning middle end can be interpreted in another way too which is what I'm saying is like is like the beginning of the way that you get fresh with the audience and then you read the work, and then you kind of like at the end, you like ah, get yeah, home, yeah. and the people are like oh, you know, like right, like and plastic.
2: that, and 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 that <laughs> is, is what makes it to me a, a much better experience. And, you know, as long as they, um, you know, sometimes also the performance just becomes a thousand words. You know, they're up there, and the performance is fantastic. But there's just a thousand words in there. So it, say it's the poem begins one place and ends up somewhere totally different. And there's no there's no narrative, you know, that, that goes on. So they're just throwing words out there. About that, I think the very first National Poetry Slam Gregory Corso was in, and he was up. I forget who he was up against, and he lost. Gregory did. This was like in the early eighties. And Gregory said, all he's doing is just saying a bunch of words, man. You know, he's just saying a bunch of words. They don't mean anything. There's no meaning behind it. But the performance is what overtook sure. everything else. And so, so if you can marry the two of those, then I think the audience is going to have a much better time than someone getting up there and just reading something because they just wrote it or this just because of how they felt. If you haven't done your job and, and crafted the poem." To 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 really every word should have maximum impact. Again, my my belief, my philosophy. Then, then you failed. Again, you're just going up there and you're just putting out a journal entry or something, and someone could say that that's poetry. No problem. Many people do, but yet, who's it? Who is it really gonna gonna reach? You know. Wow. Well, um,
1: well, we could get into that whole discussion. You know, now that we're in this corner, it's like you know, you know, do you like? Instagram poetry is incredibly popular. Has you know, you like you know. Oh, I woke up today, and my heart on the floor. Woken,
0: there I am. Believe me.
1: Yeah, well, five thousand likes. You know, oh, whatever. You know, like these very simple-minded, simplistic. This is a phenomenon. This is a phenomenon. This is like this is like the um, you know the the sort of like a gestery type of thing.
2: Well, Donald Trump's still popular among 30% or whatever, 38%. So, <laughs> you know, I hide out there in the Instagram poetry. But, uh, you, you know, yeah. hey, it, if whoever's doing that is is, is is making a bunch of dough, uh, then good on them. But, I don't know, maybe it makes someone feel good. But, again, it, if, if I'm going to invest my time, you know, I, I really admire poetry as really the oldest form of communication and it no longer has that status it has been overtaken by different mediums and you know so I I think again it falls back on the poet to entertain to pull new people in we can sit and talk to a room full of other poets all night long and they'll say great things or they'll you know not say anything and then bitch about us behind you know as soon as we leave you know <laughs> whatever it may be, but but if we're not pulling anyone in again, um, I'll go back to one of the greatest compliments I ever got was from a bartender said, I I hear this shit every week and I never listen. Your stuff, I listen the whole way through. I understand that shit, you know, and I appreciate that and um, you know, some people might not care for my stuff I personally do (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think I think you're getting at an interesting point that there's like you know there's a mixed bag and that there's there is the there are I think there are these particular sort of like quirks of the of the poetry reading scene. I think I, I, I kind of look at them what they are like um, this like uh, there's a few things there's like this like uh, weird delivery delivery yeah, yeah. thing that a lot of people do the same type of delivery and not even getting to poet I'm not even getting into poet voice but I'm talking about this delivery that is very canned. And and you can hear it throughout, like, the scene. You can hear different people, and it's an imitation of other people that they've heard. Yeah. And it's this, like, weird echo, imitative echo that comes through, and you're like, ooh, they're
2: reading in that way again. Yeah. Stop it. (laughs) And, you know, or they're just completely monotone. It's like, listen to a fiction reader read a couple chapters from their latest novel, and every character sounds exactly the same, and they're so they're not bringing anything to life. They're not putting any life. They may have poured life into it on the page, but but they're not translating it. And so now, you know, it 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 it's not exciting at all. It, it, it's it's not something to, to bring home, you know. Um, and and I think part of part of the job is to entertain, and because we want people to have a good time, and i I'm sure I've said this before in fact I know I've said it before but the uh the, you know there's enough burning babies there's enough war poems there's enough cancer poems uh, all that stuff it it is out there and it and it serves a purpose it it's just not it's it's just not so much my purpose you know um and they'll win lots of awards i I may not but I don't know. I I, I tend to say, uh, you know, which poem will get taken home more. I think it'll be more of a short, you know, economy of language poem, a a, a, a more uh, poem that connects people, you know, together um, in in a commonality of experience. You know,
0: I don't know. So you think? So do you think, like, a, for a poem to be connect with people who are not poets, it has to be. Understandable, but also be new.
2: New. Uh, what do you mean by new? Like,
0: well, because you said, that there's enough of all those
2: poems. I think I think ultimately it has to start with an experience that anyone walking by the venue and just happens to hear can connect with immediately and say, "I've been there. I, I understand that." You know, um, and I I think that helps. I think that helps. And, and, you know, um, in that regard, I would say that probably the emotion is not new because it's a, it, you know, you're writing off of emotions and feelings and experiences that the majority of people have in one
0: way, shape, or form. Yeah. yeah. In their but, own but doesn't there have to be some like twist on it or some way of being like, yeah, that's something I've felt before, but that's a little bit different way of thinking about it at the same time? Absolutely. You have to be clever about it.
2: And, and, again, that's where the craft comes in. You you have to be clever about it. You can't just write the same old cliches, you know, um, <laughs> over and over and over. Do something different with it, you know. Take us somewhere else at the end. Uh, you know, give us a gut punch at the end in the last two lines, you know. Uh, push us off the cliff. Yeah, Buy yeah. us another round, you know. Um Slip your number on the napkin and walk out, you know? Do something that, like you said, at that end, oh, okay, here it is. This is something new now,
0: you know? So do you think if we had enough exposure, I mean, if we had enough people doing that, that you could get to the point where the average guy or gal sitting in any bar in America could be interested in reading poetry?
2: Yeah, I think – actually, yes. I, I, I think that with the right poems – you can put them on buses, you know, you can put them in subways and you can put them in bar rooms. The, there's actually a magnificent Magnet series out in California. Uh, Magnet and then, um, and I think I gave you all a couple of the, um, the, the poems little... for all the very small ones there. Yeah, yeah. Now those are given out free. And the same for the Magnet series too, that for people to just leave anywhere you are, you yeah, know, I and just like leave that. them around.
0: Like Do you know the
2: about matchbook the matchbook poems? Yeah, sort, matchbook. Sort of, yeah I yeah, saw yeah. those,
1: yeah. There's a press that's been doing that in Cleveland for like 50 years. Yeah. The exact size yeah. of
2: everything. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. Yeah. D.A. Levy poems, he, he does a lot of D.A. Levy yep. stuff, you know. Again, D.A.
2: Levy, yeah, I'm just not, I, I don't think he's very accessible, I, you know. Um I and Well you have
1: to be like a revolutionary printer Buddhist. <laughs> yeah. yeah living right. in the mid 60s in Cleveland. Correct. And yeah, then you
0: understand the yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I actually know some of his friends uh that live in California, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, but he's been dead since he- Maybe we should get into a little bit of accessibility of course, yes. and, and what that means, too. But maybe we should hear some poems first. Sure, yeah. All
2: right, so we'll do a couple of that. Again, just simple stories. My best friend for Tobe. I felt the vibration, looked down, and saw he was calling me. On the phone, no less. No text, no email, no quick Facebook comment. A real person-to-person connection. We can go months without actually speaking. He hates talking on the phone. I answer quickly. What's happening, my man? Nothing. Only faraway voices mumbling amid background noises. I try again. One last time. Same. I hang up. I text him. Hey, brother. You must have butt dialed me. A response came quickly. No butt dialing, buddy. The phone was in my front pocket. And that sums up my best friend. A truly talented dick. (laughs) And that's a true story. That's an absolute true story. (laughs) Sometimes the poems just, you know, are handed to you. Everybody's a critic. I had been drinking Moscow Mules for half the day, trying to work on poems, attempting to get the words right, elicit the correct emotion, break the perfect hearts. I drank, I wrote, I drank, I wrote. At 6.30 p.m., my girlfriend joined me. When she arrived, I got up to go to the bathroom, grabbed my poems, and stated, I'll take these with me so no one steals them. She quickly responded, I think there's enough toilet paper in there. (laughs) And then something very simple. It doesn't take much. When she texted me, I kind of miss you. I told her. She made my day. She replied, is it that easy? I said it is, with you. And there's others too who exemplify, you know, this idea that I have, um, and then this philosophy. Oh, here's a terrible one. i close <laughs> your eyes on this one. That's a terrible one. <laughs> Semantics. Did you sleep with her? She demanded. No. Walking away thinking sleep is what I do with you. You know, all those nice little things. In the mood. The entire drive to your house, I listened to nothing but the blues. We all have our ways of getting in the mood. And they're like
1: slice yeah. of life, they're like they're like these are kinda like what, what uh what um Kerouac would call American haikus. Yeah. In that sort of form. Sort
2: of. in anyway, yeah. the economy of language, you know. Um, every word should have an impact. The, the 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 short poem is the is the hardest to write. Um, a great friend and friend of mine got me to doing that because I used to write, you know, lots of really, really, um, you know, longer kind of ones, but,
0: um, well, they're deceptive. It's, 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 it's deceptive. They seem like they're easy. Yeah. Yeah, precisely.
2: And, 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 you know, to me, you know, most short poems do deal with a, with a commonality of emotion and feeling, you know, there's a great, um, because he asked me to bring some other people. Yeah, yeah. And um there's there's one of the probably one of the greatest poets that that I've ever known and she was a wonderful wonderful friend of mine. She's not passed on, but Anne Menabroker out of California. She was out of Sacramento, California, and she died 2 3 years back now in July. And Annie was one of the sweetest and most encouraging, you know, uh, poets I've ever come across, and friend, and um, she was along in the meat poets, so she um, was with Bukowski and all them from Southern California. But she could hold her own, eighty uh, wine and you know things mm-hmm, like that, yeah. and she could hold her own. And but you would never know it sitting and having a glass of wine with her, you know. Um, but she was a she was fierce and she was a force, you know. And uh, I miss her terribly. But so she also. Turn me on to the simplicity of of poems and to see the audience react to her poems as well. Instant, you know, love affairs, right? Manuscript. It's harder for poets who love to say sweet things they feel to one another. Instead, they go home and write letters or remember what they were thinking of saying and touch their mouths sensuously while they type a manuscript. <laughs> And um, that's Annie menabroker Here's an, another one of hers. One good line. Just find one line in the entire book that you like, he said. He hated it that she didn't like poetry or find any value in his words. She tried to find one line that spoke to her, but it was no use. Typed emotions, a columnist wrote, seemed to arrange the strangest thoughts. All the neat rows of black and white print... And then another, and another. It's like you can say anything and make it work. Oh, I wish it was so. I really wish it was so, he said. She stuck her tongue in his mouth, moving herself against him, allowing no words or sentences or margins or paragraphs to mess up her act. No neat columns here. It was so good that later, when he tried to write about it in a poem, he couldn't. She said it was the best line she ever read. Hmm. Yeah, I remember I think that 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 you know to me that's very, very good writing you know um and and even if you went back even further, um I started out one really getting into Lou Welch, you know yeah, uh, yeah. And, and Lou disappeared right out from where I used to live, um, right off Gary snyder's property and Will Staple, the poet, uh, I'm Californian. Um, you know, it's kind of neat to stand in a spot where someone disappeared.
0: I think we talked about him in our suicide, suicide episode. episode. Right? Yeah. 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 So, um, Lou has yeah. this
2: magnificent poem that I've always been in. I know a man supposed to have his hair cut short, but I have very beautiful hair. I like to let it grow into a long bronze mane. In my boots... In my blue wool shirt with my rifle swung, slung over my shoulder. Among huge boulders in the dark ravine. I'm the ghost Rome Stallion, Leif Ericsson, the beautiful golden girl. In summer, I always cut it off. I do it myself with scissors and a fifth of Jim Beam. How disappointed everybody is. Months and months go by before they can worry about my hairdo. And the breeze is so cool. <laughs> I like both yeah you know um
0: but uh you know I don't know well and I, and I think you start getting into any of the beats but 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 Lou Welsh is funny right like I think Lou Welsh is very funny some, he's very funny yeah. but I better been but also I was got well, to think about with accessibility I think some of his poems are very accessible but then some of them are not yeah, so absolutely much. yeah uh,
2: he, and and I thought about that you know going through his books before coming here, because you're absolutely right. He, he went out there on a lot of stuff, but he, he knew humor, and he knew how to put humor down on the yeah. page. And and I think that that's, that's extremely important for uh, making poetry fun and making it accessible, you know?
0: So could you ha- can you have accessible poetry... That's not fun. Can you have fun poetry that's not accessible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because now
2: you, you're allowing yourself to get into, like, the broken heart mess and things like that, which isn't always fun. But what we what we sort of talked about earlier, if you can take that broken heart mess that everyone goes through, and you can then at the end turn it and take it somewhere completely different where the audience, it, you know, it's a left hook. Yeah. You yeah. Know, a left hook to their heart, then... That, I think, is, is when you're really a champion of, uh, um, you know, truckers and bowlers. and, <laughs> and Yeah, I've that. seen
1: people, you know, I've seen poets set themselves up. You know, I've seen poets set the audience up, you know. Have I said this already?
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I've seen yeah.
1: poets really set the audience up, you know, and they do this really well. There's some poets who actually are able to do this. And, uh, I like a poet who comes into an open mic with uh, one idea in mind, mm-hmm. just to do one little thing and get them wanting more. Not that, you know, there's like all these open mic poets, people who hog, people who tell the five-minute story and then read the two-second poem. There's all this right. stuff right there. And uh, I like the poet who kind of comes in with an idea you don't know what to expect, and they, they set the audience up, and then they, they, with this, like, with this like maybe this, this setup, mm-hmm. even if it's just a little phrase or something, then they read the poem, and then they slay them at the end, you know, and they're just yeah. like, I'm done. That's right. it. And it's like better than the feature. Yeah, well, you know yeah I mean? absolutely. The, yeah, like absolutely. Like well, part
0: of that, yeah. sometimes it's tricking the audience too, right? Like it's uh
1: Well, you can do fiction. There's a lot of... Th- I, I like to use fiction in poetry. I like to bring... I like to tell a story <laughs> even if it's not true sometimes.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and 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 every every story and every poem should not be true. But if you can get the audience to believe that it is, then, then you've done a, a service to poetry in general. My belief. Yeah, just don't tell them ever. <laughs> no, uh-uh. No, why would you, you know? Yeah. Leave them, you know, going home, taking a little bit of you with them, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah. What, what we were saying earlier, uh, we said something about, uh, can you, mm-hmm. can the work on the page, can the poet, can the work on the page, if it's a good poem on the page, it should be able to be successful in the, in the, in the performance,
2: but if it's not good on the page... Or if it's only good on the stage, you know, I, my belief is if you can perform on the stage, it should be good on on, on the page. Yeah. Um, but that that seems to be the harder of the of the two. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Rather than the other way around, Joseph.
1: Anything yeah. to
0: say about that? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think if you're doing it right, you can do both, hopefully. But. Um,
2: and again, you, you know, you want to. So
0: my my thought
2: is engage the audience, talk with them. Let them yell back at you. You know, let them, let them clap or, you know, call you a bitch or something like that.
0: Let them do that. Yeah, because, have some interaction. They, have some interaction. Yeah, That is good yeah. if, you can, if you can figure out a way to do that. Uh, well, the audience
2: has to have the permission to. It's very strange, you know, like a lot of the poetry readings I go to. You know, it, it, th- they think that. And, and and this is a setup that comes long before we were ever writing, probably, that, you know, like, clapping is somehow like an insult. Like, don't break up, you know, that. But, hey, man, if it moves you to clap or throw a beer bottle at me yeah. or whatever it
0: might be, then then do it. Well, everywhere else, except, I mean, not here. Here, people clap after each poem. But everywhere else, it seems like there's this unwritten rule that you don't clap till the end of that person's.
2: Yeah, and, right. I, 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 right. hey, and I, I've seen poets get up there and, and say, their, before they even read their first poem, please withhold your applause until I'm done. <laughs> well, it, you know what? Guess what? Now now I just know your stuff's shit, and I ain't going to eat I love that, because... I mean, come cause, on. Yeah, like,
1: uh, like uh, I, I, oh, I can't remember where it was. I remember recently. Was it recently, or... It was like, please hold your applause till the end. And I'm yeah, like,
2: come on. See, now what they've done, in my opinion, is now they've just taken the audience completely out of out of those four walls that you were talking about before they, they've now taken what would be an experience that we're supposed to be the artists who give this stuff and allow the, the audience to take you know our work and make it sort of their own whatever however they interpret it and if you say that don't do that well, then how do you feel as an audience member if you really, like, want,
1: you know, I mean... I think this kind of thing is different in different parts of the country, too, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. There's a little bit of that going on.
1: I mean, like, different parts of the country behave in different ways. So well,
0: it's... I mean, I think it has, I think that must... I think it goes back to, like... Interacting with the I think that's, kind of like, of a... I mean, weirdly, like, a classical music thing, right? Like, like if you go to a classical music concert, you don't clap in between pieces. You only clap at the end, right? And I think there's some, like, tie-up of that highbrow idea of... Sure, yeah. See, I don't view poetry as, as classical music.
2: I view it as classic rock.
0: Yeah, yeah so, well, I, Yeah, no, and I mean, I think, I think that's part of the thing. I think that's maybe where that comes from, but that is part of the problem with it is it makes it feel like you're... I don't know. I don't like readings where I feel like, I mean... People clap I, I, every
1: poem? That pisses me off so bad. What? No, I, I like that. But, I love it. It's instant well, feedback. It just
0: depends. I mean, it depends, but I don't want a poetry reading that feels like I'm at a prayer meeting. Right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's what it feels like, like when you don't have any, when it's just silent, where it's, people, right. or it's just silent until the end, right? Because again, if,
2: if an artist, if a poet is a true performer, then they're going to feed off of what the audience is, is, is giving them. That's the natural part, you know,
0: of it. And, and there's a lot of ways to do that. But, yeah, I yeah. think if they're if it's silent, it just feels... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, you're looking at it from the audience's point of
2: view, because, again, they're just as valuable. If you get up there and you're just, you know, doing something that there's no way they can connect with or anything, you know, and you're going screaming, you're using, uh, you know, you're just really doing gibberish up there, you know? You're like having a psychotic break up there. <laughs> then... It, well, that'd be more fun. I think I've seen a few of them, and man, I, it ain't poetry,
0: that's for sure. <laughs> no, you know. but sometimes it's better than some Actually, of the yeah. actual poetry. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, totally I guess so. At least it adds a danger,
0: you know, uh, uh, to it, you know. Yeah,
2: Dick
1: Higgins had this, uh, you know, danger music, right? There was this whole, like, uh, poetry thing and the around Fluxus and the 60s, 70s. All danger, all <laughs> danger music. It was all this, like, scripts for... It was like basically scripts for performance poetry, uh-huh. and it was like um, one would be like, um, uh, you know, uh, props needed: a tr- trash can and one hundred empty bottles of beer. And then it was like, it was like just smash the bottles
2: of beer, and that's the poem. Oh yeah,
1: you know, yeah, like right. this yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, I, I mean, yeah. you need more of this
2: shit. Today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like- yeah. So, um, <laughs> and, and and I think you mentioned John Cage earlier, and this is really brilliant recording of. Um, Charles Bukowski, where he's on stage, I don't know if y'all have heard it, but he said, um, you know, I heard once John Cage got up on stage and just ate an apple, and they paid him a thousand bucks. Maybe I'll just sit here and drink this beer, and then go home. You know, and we'll call it good, you know. <laughs> Well I actually you know uh, because I I do believe like um
0: some some jealous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well of course and 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 I and I think most of the most poets and artists are jealous of everything and everybody and and you know as far as when it comes to creating but and I know that there's a lot of especially now I, I see a lot on social media of like knocking Bukowski and stuff like that and um I'm really where are you seeing that yeah on, uh, you know, different people's uh, pages and things like that, you know. Um, you know, um, and and I've been wondering about like where it comes from, and I ultimately think that, that a lot of it does come from jealousy, because what people don't realize uh, about um, Bukowski is that he worked endlessly to get his stuff out there. He was sending stuff, no matter where he was, what he was doing, he was you know, sending stuff out all the time and he was putting in the work more so than just, you know, sitting around and, and being drunk and, and, and whatnot. Well, yeah, Though the Th- that happened, but, the
0: thing, but, but, that's... yeah, but,
2: you know, the man still sells two million, uh, books a year. And so, um, but he put the work and he put the effort in, into the poems. He, he at least believed in them. And, and most of the people, you know, um, Again, especially now, you know, without revising and things like that, they just get up there and read off their phone. Um, I, I think they really miss, again, the craft of that. And, and Bukowski was accessible to people that never really read poetry before. And, and, and for that, I think he, um, goes in a long lineage of, of poets who sort of did their own thing and, and yet made poetry fun and accessible. And, um, so I actually bought yeah. a couple of his. Oh, uh, yeah. One of my favorite, if, that's, Dion, Dion if that's all right? Yeah. yeah, sure. So the first, um, I met a genius. I met a genius on the train today, about six years old. He sat beside me, and as the train ran down along the coast, we came to the ocean. And then he looked at me and said, it's not pretty. It was the first time I realized that. <laughs> you know, very simple, and, and I like that one. Now... A Morris sort or of Bukowski, lukowski type of poem. Hot. She was hot. She was so hot, I didn't want anybody else to have her. And if I didn't get home on time, she'd be gone. And I couldn't bear that. I'd go mad. It was foolish, I know, childish. But I was caught in it. I was caught. I delivered all the mail, and then Henderson put me on the night pickup run in an old army truck. The damn thing began to heat halfway through the run. And the night went on, me thinking about my hot Miriam and jumping in and out of the truck, filling mail sacks, the engine continuing to heat up. The temperature needle was at the top, hot, hot like Miriam. I leapt in and out, three more pickups, and into the station I'd be, my car waiting for me to get to Miriam, who sat on my blue couch with scotch on the rocks, crossing her legs, swinging her ankles like she did. Two more stops. The truck stalled at a traffic light. It was hell kicking it over. Again, I had to be home by 8. 8 was the deadline for Miriam. I made the last pickup and the truck stalled at a signal half block from the station. It wouldn't start. It couldn't start. I locked the doors, pulled the key, and ran down to the station. I threw the keys down, signed out. Your goddamn truck is stalled at the signal, I shouted. Pico and Western. I ran down the hall put the key into the door, opened it. Her drinking glass was there and a note. Son of a bitch. I waited until five after eight. You don't love me, you son of a bitch. Somebody will love me. I've been waiting all day, Miriam. I poured a drink and let the water run into the tub. There were 5,000 bars in town. And I'd make 25 of them looking for Miriam. Her purple teddy bear held the note as he leaned against a pillow. I gave the bear a drink, myself a drink, and got into the hot water.
0: <laughs> you know. That's a good one. That is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. But, but it's funny, like, I mean, I, you no, know, I mean, there's so many because, of us, but yeah. in, in general, I think, you know, part, that is accessible on some level. But part of what's fun about it is, is how over-the-top he is at the same time. Yeah, and it,
2: and it's just a funny poem, ultimately. Here you got a man. He wrote this when he was probably 56 years old. Miriam, you know, whatever she was, I don't know. But he admits, you know, I, I, he's vulnerable. I'm childish. Yeah. So oh, stupid. yeah, the vulnerability you is know.
0: important. Yeah, yeah, for
2: sure. And um, so, again, I think, you know, we talked about it earlier. It, it's that sort of surprise in the audience by – you know, you can have a bunch of tough poems and whatnot, but again, you know, vulnerable. You have to have a, a vulnerability,
0: I think, also makes But that it one's fun. a good mix, because there is, I mean, it's actually a pretty dark poem in some ways, but the way that he's, he's being a little bit self-deprecating, but he's also just so over the top yeah. with, with his yeah. miserableness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't help the laugh, yeah. but laugh, eh, he's, he's, like, he's aware really, of it, but he's aware of it, but... Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and then you, you know another another poet that I believe is, that I believe does this stuff really well, and actually, um, I gave y'all one of his books, "Hell in High Water." Uh, Wolfgang Karsten's. He runs. He's the publisher for um, Epic Rights Press out of Alberta, Canada. Um, and they're just publishing so, you know some amazing amazing people besides myself, but um, some other people. Um. So here's one uh, of his, because I really appreciate his style, and he's been married for 25 plus years. So, if not a mess, my wife groaned as she picked up the empty tequila bottles, the empty beer cans, and the half-smoked joint. Then what do you call it? We have been married for 25 years, I said, lighting the joint, and that, my dear, is what I call a survival
0: kit. So, so let me ask you this. Yeah, this is your personal writing philosophy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Is it also your personal reading philosophy? Do you only read people who fit into this kind of thing of being accessible and kind? Con- doesn't sound like it because it sounds like you read some, some things that aren't. Or is it a little different from how you read, and this is just sort of how you approach writing?
2: No, that's a that, that, that's a that's a really good question, Joseph, because um, it it's one that people mistakenly get into arguments with me about because they they feel in some way, shape, or form that I, um, you know, somehow lack their breadth of understanding, you know, or something like that of of the history of poetry. But again, if I believe poetry is a craft, then it's my responsibility to learn where things came from and why, why they work. And, um, that being said, it's tough to be at a poetry reading sometimes. Sometimes it's tough to be on the stage and sometimes it's tough to be in the audience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and the way that I look at it now is, again, why? I don't want to waste the audience's time, and why you know should I have mine? Because some things, if I if it's just not for me, I say no problem, great, good on you. It's just not for me. Yeah. Um. I you know especially if I and especially if I if I just I just don't get what they're saying. You know. Again, if it's not yeah, listening yeah. an emotion in me or a feeling, and keep in mind that um I do not you know um I see everything when I write in a uh, Polaroid images. So I see a Polaroid of an image, something, and then that's where all, all of poems for me come from, you know? And if I can't relate to something, then, then it just doesn't do too much for me. And so, um, you know, a lot of the surrealists, I, sometimes I, I can, you know, the, there's, um, there's a brilliant Lorca poem, The two, two, Syrian hounds, oh, yeah, 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 Midnight, yeah something a like poem, that. A poem. Yeah, beautiful imagery that I can get, but most like you get into like Michael McClure and he did the
0: East language and
2: all that shit, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> it's just it, it's just not for me because it's not doing anything for me, and 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 that's kind of it, you know?
0: Yeah, but so the but but some things like you're saying the Lord poem or whatever might not fit into that philosophy, but there's still things that you can find. Yeah, I'm constantly looking for. Beauty
2: for shiny moments, and 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 I can I can grasp those. I can hang on to those that you know. Finding a, a shiny moment in a poem that I, I might not normally or people might not associate with me. Yeah, um, I can accept that, and I, and I love that because again, the poet's done their job. Then, They've yeah, connected with yeah. someone that that would not normally pick up their stuff. The the majority. Uh, uh, of of the stuff though, you know, I I want something I can relate to.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny phrase. Relate to, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of agree with that. I also have a hard time figuring out what that means sometimes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've done lots of self reflection in my mind. Well, relate to, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, but but yeah. I just didn't want it to seem like. You're prescribing this for all writing or something. No, that's right what i It's just it. for me. Yeah, you yeah. Me. I mean, This yeah.
2: is this is what I I like, and and I have a I have a you know whole group of poets and writers who um, I associate with and am associated with that that we we have a a, um, a very similar philosophy. And what's beautiful about it is we all support one another. So, like in October, I'll be in. Kansas City at the Fountain Verse Poetry Festival, I was asked to read Nice, it. nice. Yeah, and um, it used to be called um, something else. Oh, Kansas City Throwdown, that's what it used to be called, but they switched names. But I'll be there for four days, you know, reading and uh, performing, and it's when I get to see a lot of my, you know, friends from the West Coast and from Canada yeah, and, yeah. and New York, you know, and things like that. But we all can sit and, again, have drinks tell you know each other that the poems are great and then turn around and go you know but but here's one i just wrote that's much better you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have a good time you know creativity begets creativity i believe uh, that. yeah i think you're right about that. I sure. believe that yeah and so well do you want to give us one more sure let me just give you a couple um quick short ones yeah, absolutely. Of some other people that i really believe deserve to sort of oh absolutely their sure. stuff out there so this is bill gainer uh Tremendous poet and and one of my best friends out of uh, California. Um, Memories of a romance gone away. I love how your perfume is there to greet me, even if you're not. So <laughs> something nice and and, and simple. And um, he also wrote this one. I've never read it, but he reads it. I think it's one of his most famous poems. Todd and the Parrot. He used to, but he does doesn't now. Drinks with the parrot. And the parrot, well, he started to swear. Says shit and calls people motherfuckers. He says the parrot baits him, too. Starts arguments. Seems to win most. If he knew it was going to be like this, he would have left it the way it was and let the parrot drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and then I can end. Y'all you know, Mind if I end on a birthday poem? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, and now I'll totally fuck up everything we just said over the last hour and say, I just wrote this one.
0: Do <laughs> You want to explain it some more?
2: The, yeah. Yeah. Please give me 10 more minutes. No. <laughs> I actually wrote it yesterday and I did revise it throughout.
0: <laughs> so here we
2: go. Uh, do y'all know the Warren Zevon song, Werewolves of London? Yeah. Right? <laughs> all right, here we go. For my birthday. Werewolves of New Orleans. I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect. Warren Zivon. In the last ten minutes before my birthday begins, I sit in my room, silent. No music, no booze, no guests. Just me, listening to the air conditioner hum. I feel like Warren Zevon at the end of the world. There is no special meaning to it. I don't feel older, I don't feel wiser, I don't feel tired. Soon my phone will light up with message wishes, and I will make each count with friends and bartenders, knocking back each year with another bottle. But for now, at this moment with four minutes left, I understand why Warren wrote Werewolves of London. At exactly midnight, I'll go outside, howl at the waxing moon, let the new neighbors know they've got something real special on their hands. Walk up to the all-night bar on the corner, order a pina colada, and my hair will be perfect.
0: Oh! <laughs> there you go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, happy birthday. Thank, Thank you for you so joining much. us today. So do you have do you have anything you want to plug that's uh, coming up, up?
2: People can just go to uh, my website, Um I would also plug... Um, the poets Matt amott Wolfgang Karsten, Epic Rights Press, Bill Gainer, Julie boleyn and um, of Metabolier.
0: Great, great. And um, and, it, and when's Bloodjet starting back up again? Uh, usually in September. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Hopefully I'll hear from
2: Megan. What, next Bloodjet, month.
0: which may be moving venues. Yeah. It sounds like it's moving venues, but we'll be going on again. Great. Well, may thank you all so more much. Information than yeah, us and that. I
1: don't know. But maybe you may be some new ripples in the poetry community. Maybe there might be a, a, a New Orleans Poetry Center popping up this fall, somewhere in the
2: bywater. Very good. Ripples are good. Waves are better. <laughs> Waves are better. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Right. Thank you all well, thank so
1: you. much. thank you. Appreciate it. This has been a good great conversation. Yeah. Well. Alright. Have fun.